0: one of the pastors here I am so glad that you guys are here today especially today with how much fun we've got um, you know and then it's NFL kickoff i was I was laughing at the fact that that up here in front we've got a, a we've got I think we only have one Bronco shirt. We need to have more Bronco stuff. I know, I'm sorry, we're in Bronco country. I know, we should have more Bronco stuff. But we've got, I think we had two New Orleans Saints and one uh, Dallas Cowboy, yuck. And then we had had a Steeler, that's the worst. They stole Super Bowl, the 2006 Super Bowl away from the Seahawks. Um, I would have worn my Bronco jersey today, but it was dirty, so I just wore my Seahawk one instead. and I get a rash when I wear the Bronco ones. So, um, I got a couple of little housekeeping things I want to do this morning before we get started with our sermon. Just a couple of things. One of them, masks. You guys, um, I want to apologize for you, those of you that came last week. I told you last week that um, we might be able to go a couple of weeks where uh, where we can we can take the mask off while we're worshiping God today, and, and then put it back on. Um, we found out this last week that that the mandates that were laid out last year there was an exemption for churches on some of those mandates but we found out this last week that there's no exemption this time on those with that delta variant and that that everyone needs to be wearing masks inside and so um so you know what we're wearing masks and and i we <laughs> Nothing will separate us from the love of God, including a little mask that's on our face, right? And so, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna worship together um, with masks on. And and but know this, we're super committed to, to come up with as many creative ways as possible for us to be able to still see each other's faces. Um, we, you might come on a Sunday and the entire cafe might be outside, where we're just gonna do the whole thing out there. Jackie, I'm sorry, I just committed you to doing that, but we're gonna we're gonna do the cafe outside. So you might come in and there might might be a tent outside with all the chairs out there. And you just might go, oh, wait a minute, are we outside for church today? You know what? We might be outside for church. If we can see your faces every once in a while and it's a good, good weather out there, we'll do that. Many of you guys that have been around here for a while know in the wintertime it gets freezing cold in here anyway. So we might as well be outside. <laughs> if it's in here, we might as well just go out there. So uh, so that's that. Um, um, a, couple other, a couple other things I want to just draw your attention to. Some of you like the pellies have come since covid started and next week after church I want to give you a chance to learn more about Ascent. You you've 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 come and you're try, trying to learn stuff about Ascent. Well, next week afterwards we're going to do a newcomers meeting where I'm going to sit up here in front, I'll give you some history about Ascent and uh, and we'll answer whatever questions you've got, okay? So, if you are new within the last 18 months, Next week, after church, right here in front, super informal meeting where we can just sit and talk together and answer any of your questions about the church, okay? And then the very next night, the next night on on September 20th, on Monday night, not this Monday coming up, but the following Monday, is going to be a night of just Q&A for all of you guys. That we come in here and we'll just, I'll try to answer as many questions as you guys have about the church. Beth will be there, our, 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 um, our, our executive pastor, and we'll have someone from our board here, and we'll have, we'll have someone from our finance team here, and you guys can just ask whatever questions you have. We want to do better at communicating with you. We've heard that, and we want to do better at communicating. And so come that night with whatever questions you have. You might have questions around the building, you might have questions around our finances, you might have questions around hiring and what's going on with that, you might have questions around just the state of ascent in the pandemic. Whatever your questions are, come on that Monday night and we'll try to answer as many of those as we can, okay? So, so that's going to be for you, no agenda other than your questions, all right? All right, now let's get into what we're talking about today. Um, We are going to talk about a passage of Scripture that that is used a lot in the church. Some people that have been around the church for a while have heard it before. And and it's an Old Testament passage, kind of taken right out of of this book called Isaiah. And and it's, it's used in a lot of ways to help recruit people to do things, okay? It says this. It says, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. This is Isaiah that's talking. He's a prophet from the Old Testament. 750 years or so before Jesus, he's writing this down. The prophets in the Old Testament were people that God gave. God gave a gift of the discernment of what, what God is up to. What God was up to in the past, what he's up to in the present, what he's up to in the future, and and these prophets would, would write that stuff down, and Isaiah was one of those prophets. And so there's this big book in the Old Testament where he wrote down a lot of what God is up to. And so in this moment, then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? God is asking that question, and Isaiah responds, here I am, send me. And then for the last couple hundred years in the American church at least, that passage has been used every time the church needs a couple of children's volunteers. <laughs> because there's a need for a children's volunteer. Who shall go? God's asking that. And the, man, and every church is praying that four people would say, here I am, send me, I guess. And that's, that's the way this has been used. But it is so much richer than that. There's so much to it before he said that, after he said that. As we study this, there is a lot for you and me in our life today, okay? So we're going to dig into this in light of this series. We're talking about this series we're into right now that we're just getting started with. is called Go. There are so many passages in Scripture where God comes to us and says, Go! Go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go and, and, go and sin no more, he says at one point. Um, go into and, and the land I've prepared for you. There's so many times where God is saying go and what's our response? That's what we want to talk about in, in this one right here. Who shall I send and who will go to represent God and God's love for this world? Who's going to go and represent that? That's that's this. There's so many of those. We're going to be talking through those, and we're going to talk about one of them today, okay? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray, and we're going to dig into this today. We got a lot of journeying to do through some scripture. But before we pray, I want to ask you a question. Are you ready? Are you ready right now to receive the Word of God Are you ready right now to to recognize God's presence and his Holy Spirit will be speaking to you right now? Are you ready for that? I say that because because C.S. Lewis said this once. He said, man, it's not the job of the pastor to feed his sheep. It's the job of the pastor to lead people into the field where they can feed themselves. See, I want to lead you into this field where Scripture is going to be read, where the Holy Spirit is going to be present, where God's got something for you, and let's eat together. I can't tell you how many times I have walked away from church saying, that pastor didn't feed me today. That pastor was boring. The times growing up Catholic, holy smokes, there were a lot of them where Father Magnon just was like, oh my gosh, was he, I think he was sleeping more than I was sleeping in that, that one. There's, there were... There are lots of times where I've said, that person up there missed the mark, and I'll miss the mark too, but I do not want today to be about what I do. I want today to be about what God is doing and what God can do for you. And so the question is, are you ready? Do you want to eat together? See, if scripture is being presented and the Holy Spirit is here, God's got something for you, for you. Let's eat together. Father, I pray that, that, this, that this day would be a day that we are in the field and we eat from the food that you give us. Father, I, I, help me to escort folks in. God, we pray that the, the things that, of this world that, that get in the way and distract us will be laid aside for these next 30 minutes. God, we recognize that, that we have wasted a lot of time this week on, on, on stuff that does not have any eternal significance. I have watched way too much dumb television. And, and I have thought way too much about, about football. But yet this next 30 minutes has eternal significance because you are present and you are speaking to us and you are in the middle of this field that we sit in. We pray Lord that that you would guide us and direct us and speak to us and draw us closer to you and that we would eat from the food in this field. It's in your name that we pray, amen. All right, so so we gotta get into, we're gonna get into this this passage that that I read, but before we do, I gotta set the table, not only for this passage, but set the table for this Go series. I gotta set the table a little bit, okay? Here's the deal. Every one of us, we ha- live in a world of, of two realities or approaches or perspectives. Okay, there's two there is a temporary and there is an eternal. Every one of us live in, a wor- in this world every single day where you face the perspective of the temporary and the face the perspective of the eternal. See, we all we all will face the battle every day towards one of those two directions that we will go. There's the temporary. It's the it's the, I mean, it's the material things that make us happy. It's the draw. Today, am I going to get that job? Am I going to get that raise? Am I is my retirement going to be good enough? Am I gonna am I gonna uh, get that promotion? Am I gonna get that car? All the things that are just part of today that can be the temporary. And that's part of what we can live for. And a lot of times we find our daily happiness in a lot of that stuff. Or we have the eternal, the eternal perspective, where there's something greater that's giving us a greater joy. There's a temporary world where we don't see God or pay attention to the possibility of God. And you know that there's a lot of days where that's the case for us, where the temporary is winning today. And I'm not paying attention one bit to God and His presence. Or there's an eternal world where our eyes and our ears and our souls are awakened. And I'm going to use that word a lot today. Are awakened to the presence of God right now in my life. And I see it and I live to it. There's the temporary and there's the eternal. There's the temporary that's finite. And there's the eternal that will go on to eternity. But that eternity starts right now, and God says, you know, he says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so that that eternal perspective is actually starting now. It's not for someday down the road. In fact, sometimes when we think that it's down the road, temporary is winning. When we say, Well, I'm living in the temporary because eternity's there. And I'm living here. There's two different perspectives that we're dealing with, the temporary and the eternal. And, it's, and it affects our decision-making, it affects the things that we do, it affects our attitudes. There's a, there's a passage in Hebrews 11 where, where Moses, they're talking about people of faith and Moses, they talk about Moses and he says, Moses, along with the people of God, chose to be mistreated, chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time because he was looking ahead to his reward. See what they're they're talking about—the temporary and the eternal. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. That's the temporary. So many things in our life on a daily basis we face the temporary, and so many of the things that we turn our back on God is for the temporary, or or he says he's looking ahead to his reward. That's the eternal. This is the battle that we face, and you guys, here's the deal. God has an adversary, and some of us don't want to believe that, but he does. He's not on par with God, but he's there to just just keep jabbing at us. The adversary is Satan, and Satan's job, his job, is to keep us from winning this battle. His job is to remind us of the temporary. His job is to say, you can't even see God. Why would you live for God? That's Satan's job is to do that. It's to focus our lives on the temporal world and anchor us to a finite existence. That's the job of Satan. And it's every single day that he's fighting that with what God is bringing us, his presence and living, his li- living our life for him. That's, that's, that's a, re- a, a real battle. In fact, in, in 2 Corinthians 4, it says this, the God of this age, Paul is talking about Satan, the god of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that's displayed in the glory of Christ he's trying desperately for us not to see god to say live for the temporary make your decisions for the temporary we can't slight this you guys We can't say, oh yeah, I know that, and I live for the eternal, because tomorrow Satan will be at work. You can't say, "Ah yeah, I, I, I learned that long ago, because today Satan's at work. To convince you that God's not at work, and a lot of times the temporary wins because Satan he's he's blind in our eyes to prevent us from living awakened and aware and he's and he's winning and when we see him winning it it's when we, we struggle to find purpose we struggle to, to 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 respond to God's commands we prioritize the things of this earth we feel insignificant we conclude we're alone we focus a whole lot of time on me. That's that's when we know say that's when we know that that, that, that's win, that that the temporary is winning. In fact, if you want to know if you want to figure out how the temporary is winning, I, I I just this came to me one night at about three in the morning. It's when our politics and our agenda become our guide. When our politics and our agenda become our guide, it's when our felt needs and our desires become our drive, and that's all that we're driving towards. And what will this do for me becomes our motto. We become very self-centered. And and really, to be honest with you guys, this is where we become selfish. And there's a lot of days where you and I, at the end of the day, can conclude, yeah, I was pretty selfish today, right? Right? I mean, I don't want this to be something that's a beatdown. It's more of just the reality of the battle, and there's a lot of a lot of times where we go, "Yeah, yeah, this is the selfishness is winning," and it's because we're rec- we're not rec- we're living in the temporary. See, Satan wants to do something that's really, really just frustrating. He wants to dull our senses. He wants to dull our senses. Think about our senses. He wants to dull our eyes so that we cannot see that God is present and that God is here and God's around us. Man, how many times do you as parents, when you're struggling like crazy with your kids, do you just not see, you're not seeing God at all. In fact, you're going, where in the world is he? And as Satan dulled our senses to what God is, to seeing God, Satan wants to dull our senses to hearing God's voice. Hearing his voice through, through scripture and hearing his voice through prayer and hearing his voice through worship, hearing his voice through being with other people that believe in it too. Hearing his voice through a godly person. He wants to dull our senses to, to hearing his voice and he wants to dull our senses to, to, to tasting. The Bible talks about tasting the goodness of God. And how many times are our, are our senses dulled to tasting the goodness of God? Because this battle is daily, and we're not winning this battle. And that's what he's up to. And yet God is right here saying, no, now, listen, Satan is not on par with me. And I am bringing you the kingdom of God, and my presence is right here. And will you live to the eternal? And will you see that today and then see it again tomorrow when somebody's trying to convince you otherwise? That's what God is trying to do with each one of us. He's saying, man, live, live to the eternal. And when we do, and the reason why I have to, I have to couch all of what we're talking about in that, is if you, when you hear something like go, if we're living in the temporary and selfish winds, and you hear go, what's our response? We calculate it based on What what does this mean for me and my day and my year and my life? And will this will this distract me or will this will this push will this push the things that I want to do aside? We, We filter it all in me. But when we know that the Lord, we see that eternal presence. We say He says, "Go," and we say, "Here I am, Lord. You want me to represent you? Send me, and we're ready to do it." And that sets us up for what we're talking about today because this passage is so beautiful. It's so beautiful in, in, in Isaiah and what, he, and what he was going through when he, when he was listening to the voice of God. Listen to this, you guys. This is Isaiah chapter six. It says this, In the year that King Uzziah died, Now, even right there, you guys, I'm not going to get into this because I think Maurice might get into this a little bit later uh, because he he and I were talking about going, sometimes something has to die for you to see God clearly. (laughs) He says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I clearly saw the Lord. This is Isaiah talking, I clearly saw the Lord. He was seated on his exalted throne, towering high above me. His long flowing robe of splendor spread throughout the temple. Standing above him were the angels of flaming fire, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their face in reverence. With two wings, they covered their feet. And with two wings, they flew. And one called out to another saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, commander of the angel armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory, and the thunderous voice of the fiery angels caused the foundation of the thresholds to tremble, and the cloud of glory filled the temple. I'm gonna stop for a second because I wanna admit something. I don't like preaching on this passage. <laughs> I don't like reading that passage. I have to be honest with you. I have trouble I have had trouble in my life reading passages like that because I can't relate. I can't relate to angel fire wings. That's a a Hunger Games storyline. That's that's not the Bible. Angel fire wings blowing and thunderous stuff. And I can't relate to it. And so so I read it and I go, man, I I need something more tangible than that. I, I don't get that. And so I move on, and, and, and I, I don't like to preach on it, because I know others of you are like me, and we just want to move on, because I want a God that I can fully understand, a God that's tangible, that's right here, and that I get right here. And a lot of us are walking around saying, I want a God like that, and, and this is where I have so messed up in my life. This is where I have messed up with this, the approach to this, because who in the world wants a God that we can fully comprehend? <laughs> Really, do we really want that that fits within my tiny little brain? Or do we want something that's so much grander and greater that we can't even wrap our heads around? Isaiah is in the presence of God. And if in the presence of God for Isaiah, he saw angels' wings on fire, that's the presence of the maker of the universe. And so I started thinking, man, I got to start embracing this a little bit more because this is powerful. Isaiah hears it. He sees it. He feels it. God's presence. It's shaking Isaiah to his foundation. Man, step into that, you guys. Step into that. Don't push that aside as I don't get it. Step into that. That's what I've had to start. I've had to learn how to do. I got to step into that. And that from that place where he's there and the angel fire is going and the thunderous voices are happening, that's when he's, he hears a conversation in the, between the Trinity, between God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, a conversation saying, whom shall I send to my people who will go to represent us? Who's gonna represent the love that I have for this world, the love that I have for the people? Who's gonna do that? And Isaiah, of course, responds in this massive presence of God, he responds, here I am, send me. I mean, how could he not, you guys? How could he not? Angel wings are right here. How could he not just respond, here I am, send me? Now, see, I look at that too and I just go, man, I, I'd say it too. If I had angel wings next to me, I'd say it too. I'd say, shoot, even if I had what the disciples had. When Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, those disciples answered and said, yes, I'll go. But they had the resurrected Jesus saying that to him to them. If I had angel wings, if I had resurrected Jesus talking to me right there, standing there, and I see him, I'm not saying no. I'm not saying, hey, Jesus, you're going to have to find somebody else. I'm right there. But I don't have the resurrected Jesus standing here. And I don't have the thunder that's shaking my feet. Now, some churches right now would make the the chair shake. (laughs) Somehow they do that. They'll push a button. See, the Holy Spirit shaking. We're not going to do that. We're not doing that. Now, look, look. So if I had that, man, would I say yes to that? But there's so much more to this passage that helps us get to where we got to get to. Okay, look, look. The next part of this passage, this is what's called a messianic prophecy. There's about 300 Messianic prophecies in the Old Testament. These are, these are prophetic words that speak directly to Jesus, directly to what's going to happen with Jesus. Look, the entire Old Testament is about drawing us to Jesus. But there's are specific passages that are directly speaking to, about Jesus. And this is one of those that Jesus actually quotes later That Jesus takes, and in Matthew 13, he says, he actually quotes this next part that Isaiah talks about. Listen to what it says. It says, then he said, go and tell the people, you keep listening, but understand nothing. You keep watching, but learn nothing. And then he gets sarcastic here. He says, go and preach a message that will make their hearts dull and their ears plugged and their eyes blind. Otherwise, otherwise their eyes will begin to see and the temporal will become eternal. Their ears will begin to hear. Their hearts will begin to understand. And they'll return to me for healing and to be healed. Jesus actually, when he quotes that later, he says, and I will heal them. So here's Isaiah going through the journey of his life, and suddenly he's having this unbelievable encounter with God. And in that moment, he sees him. And he hears him. And he feels him. And he responds. If only we had angel wings. If only we had the burning bush that Moses had. Man, Moses had a burning bush. and Then he went down and led his people to the promised land. If only we had it. In fact, you guys, today here's what I decided I'm going to do. I took this out of our front yard. And I got a match. I got a, we're going to do a burning bush so that we all can hear God. Okay? So here we go. We'll put it here. We'll burn it. No, I'm not going to burn it, you guys. Jeez. Stuart's back there going, he's going to light that stage on fire. I'm not going to light the stage on fire. Stuart wanted to throw that thing away. That's the burning bush. That's exactly what Moses saw right there. Jesus is telling us you don't need a burning bush. Jesus is telling us, you don't need Isaiah's experience to get Isaiah's experience. Jesus, let's jump ahead, you guys. Matthew 13. Jesus, who had been doing all kinds of miracles, was right in front of them, and they weren't seeing him. The temporary was winning, not the eternal. And Jesus says, "You you will indeed listen, but never understand. And you will indeed look, but never perceive. For this people's hearts have grown, here's that word people's hearts have grown dull, and their ears hard of hearing. And they have shut their eyes, so they might not look with their eyes, and listen with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I will heal them. He just described us over these last 18 months, hasn't he? It's been really hard to see God. And for many of us, our heart has grown dull. Our ears are hard of hearing. We're not hearing God. We're, we, are, we have shut our eyes to seeing him. It's become more about the temporary and about me and the eye. And, and there's been a, an edge of, of selfishness in it. And Jesus is going, don't wait for the burning bush, you guys. Don't wait for it. It's here. Listen to what he says next. This is powerful, you guys. He says, blessed are your eyes, for they see. The Holy Spirit is here. God's presence is here. If you open your eyes, you will see it. It is the eternal right here, not the temporary. And your ears, bluster your ears for they hear. You will hear it. You will hear it. If you, if you want to hear it, you will hear it through those people, through scripture, through prayer. You will hear it. And this is, this is ridiculous, what he says next. Truly I tell you, many prophets, and remember he just quoted Isaiah, so he's thinking of Isaiah. Many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but didn't see it. And longed to hear what you hear, but didn't hear it. They, they had angel wings and burning bushes and God speaking through donkeys and whatever else they had, and they longed to have what you and I have right now. They longed to have the presence of God right here at any time. It wasn't this special one-time moment where they get to feel the trembling of God doing something in their life. It was every day God making himself known to you every single day and shaking us to our foundation with the Holy Spirit that says, I'm with you again today. They long to have that. They, they, which means what Jesus is saying is they would take their burning bushes and their, and their angel wing moments and they'd pile all that stuff together and say, I'm going to put it here. I'm taking what you got. Because you got the presence of God right now every single day that Jesus actually says is more powerful than if you would have seen him in person. And he's present and he's with us and he's saying the temporary isn't going to win the eternal's gonna win. And we're gonna live to that eternal today and tomorrow we're gonna live to that eternal again. And you know what's powerful about this is when you look back at Isaiah's life and you see what happened with Isaiah, he said, yes, Lord, here I am, send me. And then three chapters later, three chapters later, God says, now here's what I want you to write down. Guess who's coming? Emmanuel is coming. It's another prophetic uh, messianic prophecy. Emmanuel is coming. And Isaiah wrote that down in Isaiah 9 that we read every single year at Christmas time. Man, that's powerful when you think about it. I want you to think about what I said at the very beginning about going down to children's ministry. (laughs) If you heard a passage that just said, Who's going to send? Ah, yeah, I guess I'll go. Send me. And you did that because I probably should or I'm going to feel bad. That's the temporary winning, even in you choosing to go. That's the temporary winning. But we stand in the presence of God. We stand where our souls are shaken to our core because God is here. And then when we step into that and we say, yeah, I'm going to do that. God, send me. I'll represent you. Send me. You know what might actually happen a couple of months from now? You might be sitting there with one of those kids and you know what you might be saying? In maybe November, early December, Emmanuel is coming. And you're going to see some little kid's eyes light up because for the first time in their life, they're going to start putting a piece together that says, that's about Jesus. That's the son of God. And he is, he is right here with me. That's what can happen as we step into this. Mo made that announcement about going to do the Chief Ace Project. If you sat there and said, yeah, I'll go do that because I probably should and make me feel better on a Saturday. If you did that, the temporary still went in. But when you step into it and you say, man, no, this is about the eternal. And Lord, I'm ready to do whatever. You want me to represent you? I'm going to do that. And if that's a conduit to represent you, I'm going to go do the Chief Hayes Project. If that's the case and you do it in that way, you know what might happen? You're going to get to know some people from the Parco de la Zingaro mobile home park where we're going to be working. You're going to get to know some of those people. You might see them again a few months later when we're sitting there doing a Christmas shop. And in that Christmas shop, you might be sitting there talking to them and through your broken English and through someone else's Spanish and through, through somebody else that might even be, be translating for you, where there might be a word exchange saying, guess who's coming? Emmanuel is coming. And that's the Holy Spirit that has been through all of it as we step into the eternal instead of the temporary. You guys, for me today, I have to go out and get on that dumb dunk tank. I got pneumonia last time we did a dunk tank here. We did this out there a couple of years ago, and I truly was sick for two weeks after it because you guys were buying ice bags for 20 bucks a piece to put into there. The temporary says, no chance. The Hawks are on an 11. I'm going home. Put Mo into the dunk tank. I'm going home. That's the temporary. The Eternal says, you might know Jesus if you dunk me out there, so I'll do that. I went too far. (laughs) Here's my prayer. Here's my prayer for you and me. My prayer is that the Lord would awaken us. My prayer is that the Lord would awaken us to his presence. Awaken us to the fact that we don't need a burning bush. Awaken us to the fact that his... He is here today. I was thinking about it this morning when I got here early morning this morning, and I'm just going, Lord, let me hear the words that I'm going to share with everybody else. Do I believe right now that the Lord is present right here and can shake me to my bones, and I don't need angel wings because God is right here, and I can feel him, and I can see him, I can experience him right now. My prayer is to be awakened to that. And that when we're awakened to it, Satan ain't going to win. That our selfishness would turn to what does this mean for somebody else and stop asking the question, what's it mean for me? Instead, say, what's it mean for somebody else? That, that, our, that our agenda wouldn't win. Instead, we are just going, man, I'm going to lead with love and that's it. Just lead with love. Just lead with love. Just lead with love because I am representing Jesus that, I, that we would, our fears would turn to confidence because fear comes from the temporary and fear comes from our lack of understanding that Jesus is right here with us and that that would turn to a confidence and a trust. That it wouldn't be about my schedule, but just here I am, Jesus. Send me. And if you want to see him, pray that. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, man, if you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. That's a promise. You can pray, God, open my eyes to see you. Open my ears to hear you. Help me to experience you today. I do not want to lose this battle today and tomorrow I don't want to lose it again. Because you are calling us out. Who's going to represent me? Lord, here I am. Send me. Father, we pray that, that, that tomorrow, I'm going to pray for tomorrow. I'm going to pray that tomorrow morning, when Satan begins his work of trying to convince us that you're not present, when he begins his work to try to tell us that we can't see you, so why live for you? He begins his work of trying to tell us that it's the it's the finite. God, I pray that in that moment, will you meet us? Remind us again of your angel wings. Shake our souls to the very core. God, help us to see you and to hear you and to feel you and to taste your goodness and lead us tomorrow in that. And then the next day, we'll start over and we'll pray it again. We thank you, Jesus, that you are with us. We thank you that you look at each one of us and say, I'm here, I'm here, recognize me, live for my kingdom." Help each one of us to come to that today and tomorrow and the next day. It's in your name we pray, amen.